Hi, this is Chad. Back in episode 400, I discussed the importance of community and how product managers and leaders need to be in a community. I also announced I was launching a Product Mastery Now community, and I invited you to apply to be a founding member. I'm only inviting listeners of this podcast, and you can't find it on my website if you don't have the link. I haven't posted about it on LinkedIn or asked any others to tell their followers. If you're interested in the community, you might be wondering what the other founding members might be like and if you fit in. Well, the founding members are listeners to this podcast. Also, based on those who have applied already, some are newer to product work but eager to accelerate their knowledge, while others have decades of industry and product experience to share. On average, they have 10 years of product experience and live in countries across the globe. They also want to learn at a reasonable pace, but faster than they can on their own. The Product Mastery Now community, this will be a great place for product managers, leaders, and innovators who enjoy the challenge of creating value for their customers and want to learn with others who share that same commitment. It is not an always-on community, one that has a good weekly pace, adding value to your work without overwhelming you or creating FOMO. Want to know the specifics of what the community provides and determine if you should apply or not? Well, go to productmasterynow.com community. One more time, that's productmasterynow.com community, and you'll see all the details. Applications to be a founding member end very soon, okay? Don't miss that. They're ending very soon on November 28th, which is only two weeks from the day this episode is published. Don't delay checking out if the community is right for you. Go to productmasterynow.com community, and you have to have that URL because the community isn't listed anywhere else. And applications end November 28th, right after Thanksgiving in the U.S., Hope you check it out. Today, we are talking about getting attention for your products during product launch and afterwards as well. Joining us is the co-founder who got his product to number one of product of the day, number one product of the week, and also a finalist for product of the year on Product Hunt, which is some pretty decent attention there. His name is Ken Babcock, and he's the co-founder and CEO of Tango. Tango allows you to simply create step-by-step tutorials of anything you do in a web browser or on your computer desktop. And it really simplifies creating instructions of workflows. I have played around with it and have not used it yet as a tool with uh, virtual assistants, but can certainly see it helping in that way. Prior to Tango, Ken spent most of his career in the Bay Area at Uber, where he led roles in launch operations, data science, and product strategy. As a reminder, if you want a detailed written summary of everything we talk about, including a one-page action guide to help you immediately put into action the key insights that Ken shares, you'll find those resources at productmasterynow.com slash 410. Ken, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Chad. I kind of want to get the background story a little bit before we start on the, you know, the main topic here of how you get attention for a product launch. I love knowing how product stories got started. Sure. Can you tell us what was that insight or problem that you were, you ran into that led to Tango? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep this one brief, but I met my co-founders, Brian and Dan, when we were at Harvard Business School. Um, you're you're yet another Harvard Business School dropout, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was, uh, we dropped out during the pandemic, but, uh, you know, for good reason, yes. which was to, to start Tango. Um, but when we, you know, when we met, we started talking a lot about different ideas that we had, things that we cared about, learnings that we had from our prior work experience. And the one thing we ta- we kept talking about was team performance, how you get the most out of your team, how you take what your high performers are doing, scale that to the rest of the team, new hires, people that are trying to upscale. 
And for a lot of organizations and, and really any function, this is very top of mind for, for managers, team leaders. And what we found was, you know, one of the barriers was creating documentation. Whenever you say documentation to people, they usually cringe. It, it takes too long to do. It gets outdated really quickly. People tend to, you know, when it is outdated, tend to, you know, ping you via email or via chat and say, hey, this is broken. Like, can you update this? Can you fix it? And so the emotions that were associated with teams creating documentation, which is really that conduit to sharing knowledge, were all very negative. And so we, we kind of thought, you know, how could we shift that conversation, you know, to being a more positive experience? And also, how could we cut down on some of those pain points. And so I said, you know, Hey, it takes a long time to create documentation. We said, could we make this passive? Could we actually make that something that people do in the flow of their work? So if you have your processes, your tools, your tactics that you use, you just go through that process and we create the documentation for you. And we felt that that would really lower the barrier for folks to create documentation. And, you know, I, I reflected a little bit on my Uber experience where, you know, the first team that I was on, I know you mentioned, mentioned at launch operations, our mandate was really, how do we take all the learnings from the cities that we've already launched and apply those to all the, all the cities we're about to launch. And so it was this constant recalibration of what are our best practices? What is the playbook? How do we validate them? How do we know it's going to apply to this new market in China or India when it, you know, it worked in the U S there was a lot of kind of revisiting what the secret sauce of the company was. And so not, not, not only was it just, how do we get those insights from high performers, but it was also, how do we, you know, catalog all of the things that make a company tick and make that company successful. So that was really what got us, got us started with Tango. I'm curious just to back up on the story a little bit, right? So your co-founders now, you, I think, met at business school, Harvard Business School, right? Yep. And you're sitting around talking about things that you might do. How did you stumble across this issue of you know trying to improve the performance and, and hitting on that being this sharing of information, right, with other employees? We were all just really passionate about teams, I would say, okay. in, in varying capacities and like that. That was, you know, from our work experiences, from our life experiences. I was a, I became kind of a first time manager with no training when I was at Uber. I think I was 24 years old and I inherited a team of seven mm -hmm. and I had to figure this out. You know, uh, how do I, how do I make the most of this team and how do I get my best people to teach the rest of the team how to, how to do what we needed to do? Dan, my co-founder, he was a uh, captain of the Brown football team obviously a different team experience, but mm -hmm. he was focused on the same problems. And Brian, our CTO is a lifelong math tutor, has tutored people in math, you know, obviously more of a one-to-one -one relationship, but always focused on how do you help people upskill? Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of these, these myriad experiences, which, you know, none of them are related, but they all kind of came together through this theme of, of up-leveling teams. I'm just curious how that came about, right? Yeah. One of my roles, I, I teach an innovation strategy course down the street from Harvard at, at Boston University. And we have team projects. And it's always interesting how those people come together as part of a class project, right? And come up with an idea, a new innovation, a new problem sure. they're going to solve. And yeah. love hearing about the start of all this. Okay. You got some good attention for Tango. Whether it's that specific example or other examples, just how do you kind of think about the strategy for getting attention for a new product, a product launch in the first place? Well, I think I think the first thing is it it has to be within the context of 
what your product is. You know, there's a lot of things out there that you can read online about, you know, how people generated buzz on launch day or, or even, even more specifically, you know, how you perform really well on product hunt, but it all comes back to, you know, what is the product that you're offering and what is the value proposition to the end user? So I think we always kept that pretty top of mind. And so for us, you know, we knew that we were a product led company, meaning people would find us, they would download the Chrome extension that we've built. They would use it to solve their day-to-day tasks. So we were speaking directly to those end users. It wasn't, you know, Hey, let's, let's speak to the team leader. Who's then going to implement this for their team. It was really the call to action was you need to go download this because you're spending too much time creating documentation. And so making sure that all of those pieces are really tight. You understand what it is that you're selling. You understand the typical motion. You understand who your customers are and who your persona is. And then ultimately, how are those customers going to find your product? And so that was all the legwork that we did in advance. Cause you know, I won't say that product hunt is a one size fits all thing. Product hunt is a great way for early product adopters and end users of technology to find tools. And so knowing what our strategy was actually informed, okay, this is why we're going to go launch on product hunt because that's where we're going to meet a lot of our customers. So to sort of f- start framing this conversation, you first need to know like who who are the people that we're communicating with on launch day. Very important. And then equally important, where are they, right? What are they paying attention to and <laughs> yes. how to get their notice? And I came across Tango a few months ago, and I frankly don't remember. I was trying to figure out how, because I had the Chrome and added already, you know, in my browser. Yeah. I don't recall if I saw it on Product Hunt or someplace else, right? So, but yeah, good work getting the word out there. Knowing who the customer is, very important. The value that you create for them, so you communicate that message properly. And then think about how they find that message and how they find the product itself. If you're not in a community with other product professionals, you're limiting your potential. Now is the time to change that by joining the Product Mastery Now community. Want to know what to expect in the community? Well, take a minute and find out by going to productmasterynow.com slash community. But to put it simply, if you find this podcast valuable, then the community is for you. If you're interested, check it out now as applications end very soon, right after Thanksgiving in the U.S. on November 28th. So don't wait. Go to productmasterynow.com slash community. Can you take us through the specifics? I, I have never done anything with Product Hunt except as a you know user to find out <laughs> some new things. So I don't know what is yeah. involved in, in trying to do a launch and get to the top of the charts in product hunt. Yeah. And, you know, frankly, neither did we, this was the first time any of us were launching anything on product hunt. And so, you know, for us, it was a lot of tapping into our networks, understanding Hmm. this platform and what you needed to do. But product hunt is super interesting for folks that aren't familiar with it. Um, every single day, a, a new batch of products launch, And those products get upvoted and people interact with those products. And at the end of the day, there's usually a number one product of the day, number two, number three, number four, and so on. And then, you know, based on those upvotes, you'll also get recognition as maybe the number one product of the week or the number one of the month. Or in our case, we got all the way to number two of the year, which was pretty cool. But it's a great way for new products. It's a free way for new products to get visibility. So it's free marketing. There's a huge community around product hunt and there's such a big community that 
companies, even like Google, they'll actually do sponsored launches, which don't compete with the new products that are launching, but you know, we'll show up as sponsored content for people to, hmm. you know, download Google drive and try this new feature. So it's a pretty powerful community. There are a lot of tactics involved. So with product hunt, basically what you have to do is have a quick blurb on what it is your product does have a few visuals that you can upload to the product hunt site, be it a video, a screenshot that kind of walks people through what the product does. And then, you know, you basically have someone who hunts your product. It can be you, you can hunt your own product, but typically what happens is these hunters hunt a lot of different products in the year. And it's usually a good signal if a strong hunter hunts your product. Mm -hmm. And so all of this is geared towards grabbing people's attention, getting those upvotes. Cause if you get those upvotes, you end up sort of above the fold that day and they, more people are going to see your product. More people are going to interact with it. And so, you know, for us thinking about kind of those blurbs, those screenshots, that's not a lot of surface area to cover when it comes to getting people to understand your product. So we had to be really tight on that messaging. It kind of comes back to what I was referencing earlier. Like you have to be very clear about what it is your product does, what it's solving for and the the impact that it'll have on the end user. So we tightened that up really clearly. And so when we talk about Tango on product hunt, it was download this for free today, super easy Chrome extension, saving you time, creating documentation, um, and, you know, the impact is not only will it save you time, but you'll be able to easily scale all of this knowledge to your team. So impact intrinsic to you, impact external to other members of your team. And so that's really what we focused in on. And, you know, product hunt is really an all day affair. You launch the product at midnight Pacific time. That gives that gives time for Europe to, to interact with it, with product hunt and see what products are new for that day, upvote what they like. Um, and so your team is kind of around the clock pinging people that they know, you know, asking friends for favors around upvotes. You know, for us, we were, we were also messaging our, our beta users saying, Hey, we're live today. You know, if you like what you see, like give us an upvote tapping into our networks. The, the name of the game is upvotes because that helps you with visibility. So all that being said, it's a very unique platform, but it's phenomenal free marketing to a community that's going to readily try your product and give you great feedback. Good. Yeah. Thanks for the description about product hunt. That's helpful because I'm sure not all listeners are familiar with it yet. First part of this really comes down to that messaging, right? This is good marketing yep. but to start with, you know, the marketing around, make sure that we know what the product is, what the value proposition is, how to communicate that clearly to the right audience. Did you have help with that, whether internally or externally? I don't know what scale the organization was at the time that you, you, you did this launch. It was a small team. I mean, there, there was 12 of us, but that, that was enough people for us to, you know, work together and iterate. I would say the biggest benefit, you know, we, we launched in September of 2021, but we had been in development for about a year. And during that period of development, we had some very brave, generous beta customers, people that were willing to just try the product in exchange for, for giving feedback. And so that feedback was really valuable to us because what you want to listen to is not necessarily what you're pitching and how they respond to it, but you actually want to listen to like the vocabulary that your customers are using. And so what we kept hearing was, oh, this is saving me a ton of time. Like normally I'd spend 
this amount of time. Now I spend this amount of time. And oh, by the way, I get to like share this with the rest of my team, which is awesome. And they all look at it and they go, oh my God, what did you use? Like, can I use that? And so those types of things, while it wasn't the exact messaging that we used, we tried to speak the customer's language as much as we possibly could. So that was where we, you know, zeroed in on saving people time, saving your team time, um, is, was just listening to how they talked about it. And we had that, we were lucky to have that for about nine months leading up to that launch. And so not only were we working out quirks in the product, but we were trying to understand what was really resonating with people. That feedback directly, right? As product people, we love having that, those phrases from customers. Yeah. And too often I find that that just gets lost by the time it gets to marketing. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the, the golden nuggets that marketing needs if they're crafting the communications sure. really for the launch. Okay. So, so that makes good sense. So, so leveraging the, the beta customers even you know, before the launch to be able to tighten the message and, and speak directly to them using their phrases, right? When you did launch. Totally. Talk about the hunters a little bit more. You know, so I, I've looked in the past at just what is involved with, with Product Hunt. And as you said, I think you can now register. I'm, I'm you know, registered. I think I can promote a, my own product if I wanted to. Yep. But at one time you could not. And you had to be part of, you had to know someone in the inner circle to get the product you know, even listed. I assume those must be called hunters. Yep. Talk to us more about that how, and how you went about finding them and finding, you know, I guess, essentially influencers here. Yeah, it's, you know, it's an interesting dynamic because what Product Hunt has tried to do, and and this is kind of the current, I would say the current state of affairs, is they've tried to remove a little bit of the impact that a hunter can have. And the reason being is there, there became kind of these like super hunters where if they gave you this stamp of approval on your product, you're pretty much guaranteed to get in the top five, mm. which is where you want to be because ultimately that that ends up being in the newsletter that goes out at the end of the day, usually get featured in other ways. There's a badge on your, on your product hunt page, which lends credibility. And so, you know, some of these super hunters ended up being people that, you know, basically just gave you the inside track to, to winning the day. And so, you know, what, what has happened since is, you know, they don't let hunters kind of post to their like Twitter feeds or, you know, email their followings or, ping their newsletters with product hunt releases. And so knowing that we were, we were kind of in this place where like the, the role of the hunter is diminishing, you know, but how can we actually just involve someone who's going to help us with this launch? And so we had someone in our network by the name of Claire Bird, an exceptional marketer from Twilio mm -hmm. who, you know, it wasn't so much about, oh, let's get her to hunt it because like this will just be a guaranteed success. It was more about how can we involve her in the launch such that we get, you know, really good feedback. And she was one that, you know, gave us a ton of good feedback on messaging. You know, I think a lot of people in the product world kind of talk about this dynamic, but she kind of introduced it to us, which is, you know, talk about painkillers versus vitamins. Right. When you talk about your product, don't, don't frame it as like, oh, this will be good for you. You should do it. It's a vitamin. It's really like you have a problem today. And it needs to be solved via this, this product, which is your painkiller. So Claire was phenomenal with that. And, you know, she has a strong network too, but that hunter dynamic is a, is an odd one that we were, we sort of lucked into having Claire help us out. Good to have a resource like that in, in your professional network, right? Yes. So, whether it's a direct friend or a friend or a friend, figure that out. 
Yeah. Okay. And also, same person to help with marketing and tightening the messaging and making sure that's more direct. Focused on yeah. an actual pain that people have that they care about, about solving. Yep. So, so far we've got you know, a few of the mechanics here. Good marketing message. You need someone to help in the beginning. These hunters maybe might still be helpful to get to. And then, you know, when it launches, lots of upvotes. So did you have, you know, some kind of campaign in place, right? You're, you're not just making this up the day that you launch, right? Yeah, no, we did. Yeah, we did. So, you know, we had this, we had a few things. So I mentioned those beta customers. That wasn't a ton. That was maybe 200 people. But we also, all this time, had been creating a wait list. Hmm. And so, you know, which is pretty typical for a lot of early stage companies, especially when the product isn't live. You have some light messaging on your website to explain what it is. You sort of have a quick email form that that's able to capture emails, get people to sign up. And then, um, you know, a third thing that we had was also on product hunt, you can actually list your product as upcoming, which not too many people know about, but that upcoming list can also get some attention too. And so those kind of three things combined, beta customers, wait list, upcoming product subscribers, kind of combined those together and ran a big email campaign, segmented folks by, you know, what time zone they were in. So that way it hit them right in the morning, you know, when they were opening their email for the first time. And, uh, you know, that, that gave us a lot of good momentum. Obviously we leaned into our networks, you know, posting a bunch on LinkedIn, Twitter. And so all of this was to say, you know, a lot of what we were doing was really just as much sort of like free organic marketing as possible. That alone is is great, and a lot of products do that. You know, that's not what's going to differentiate you. But the other thing that you know we built into the product itself was this collaborative loop. So obviously, when you create documentation using Tango, documentation is not a solo sport; it's a team sport. You're usually creating it to share it with somebody else so that they can replicate your process. And so that collaborative loop in our product led people to find Tango via Product Hunt, download it, share it with someone else. Those people go, oh my gosh, what is this product? How did you find this? Oh, they're on Product Hunt today. Check it out. And so those viral collaborative loops that you can build in the product, that means a lot too. Not just for winning Product Hunt, but obviously for growing your user base, making people aware of the solution that you have. And you know, we, we know that that drove a lot of traffic both to Product Hunt as well as the product. So we ended up having... I want to say it was around 1,300 upvotes that first day when we launched, which was great. Within two weeks, we had 10,000 users of Tango. Well done. And so, thank you. Even if all 1,300 of those downloaded Tango, you know, that means that another 8,700 came about organically. And that really was from that collaborative or, or viral loop, as some people describe it. Okay, so that kind of, I think, wraps up the story pretty well for Product Hunt, right? How to get some notice there. Yeah. And I was curious, you know, what have you done since to promote the product? This collaborative loop is, you know, built in. And so if you can do that to your product where yeah. just by use of the product, there's some incentive there for either to refer it or it automatically gets, you know, shared with others through using it. Yeah. What else has been going on? Yeah. It's a, it's a timely question because we're we're almost exactly a year since we launched, or maybe maybe even a little over a year. But we're now at you know 175,000 users. Forty percent of that is has come from referral, which again comes back to that collaborative loop. The other interesting thing that I would say we've remained 
diligent about is thinking about that end user, that, that, you know, that person who's trying to save themselves time creating documentation because we've been so focused on them. The tactics are a little different. You know, we need to kind of meet people either when they're experiencing that problem of creating documentation or meet them in the communities where they're talking about, oh, I've got this, you know, this problem with documentation, you know, how is, how are other people solving it? And so user generated content has actually been really powerful for us. And TikTok has actually been a huge channel. I think a few reasons it's user generated content. Again, it's people talking about a product they found and they love. Tango shows really, really well visually, meaning that, you know, when you walk someone through just creating a Tango, it's very quick. It's really easy to understand when people see it and it can be shared in sort of a short snippet. So TikTok has been great when we talk to a lot of people about like, oh, you know, I, I think I saw you guys on TikTok and I downloaded it and I shared it with everyone in my company and then they all downloaded it and they're sharing it with other people. And so it's a bit unconventional, but I think we've leaned into a lot of those customer testimonials, user generated content to, to honestly speak the value of the product without us having to do it. You know, if you hear from a customer that, Hey, this is completely changed how I work. That's, that's everything that you need. You know, that's more than we could ever try to do on our website. So that's where we've continued to lean. That's driven tremendous growth for us. And, you know, now we also have a paying version of the, of the product. When we launched on product hunt, it was only free, but we have a lot of users who are converting to that paid product. So it's been, you know, it's been something that's always top of mind is how do we how do we continue to speak to the customer? And a lot of times customers speaking to each other is the best thing that you could ask for. Yeah. Coming from the customers, there just seems to be more weight there, right? The more credibility in a sense that catches your attention when this message isn't coming just from the company. When you say you leaned into customer generated content and those testimonials, yeah. what are you doing? Some of that is clearly organic, but what are you doing to help? Totally. So, you know, some of it is organic, you know, what actually kind of caught our attention with TikTok was a few people's videos going viral about Tango. And then we said, oh, this could be a really interesting channel. So now we actually, we engage in influencer marketing, which is more contracted, sponsored content within those channels. Still sort of focused on that user communicating the value proposition of Tango, but, you know, obviously paid for by the company. I would say the other thing that we've done, um, we've looked into and sort of collected different user testimonials. There's a great product out there called Testimonial TO. That's the website, testimonial.to. It allows you to email your user base. And if people are feeling good about the product, they can opt into giving you a testimonial. And usually that comes at an exchange. Maybe we'll give like an Amazon gift card or something. We've been writing up a lot of different case studies, asking for reviews on the Chrome store, asking for reviews on G2 which is a great way, you know, for people to review products. And those all happen actually in the product. So if you're a power user of Tango, there's a certain threshold where we say, Hey, would you like to review Tango on the Chrome store? Or, Hey, would you love to, you know, post, post a review on G2? And so again, trying to, trying to have as much of that marketing come from the users, but also live and being automatically built into your product. Yeah, and very smart, right, to have that threshold of users to send those messages too, right? You know, you're not annoying them. They're already fans of the product because they're using it so much and be simple for them to leave that testimonial. 
Excellent. Appreciate you taking us through a little bit of the insights from your experience there at Tango on how to get attention for a product and continue that on now through a very customer driven way. Something that product managers would love to see as well, because if the customers love our product, it's easier to get them engaged also. As listeners know, we like an innovation quote around here. What do you have for us and what does it mean to you? Yeah. So I don't know if this is directly innovation, but in the book Into the Wild by John Krakauer, there's a great quote that I love, which is nothing is more damaging to the adventurous spirit than a secure future, <laughs> which, you know, is, is kind of a funny one because you hear that and you think, well, you know, a secure future. I mean, that's that's a lot of what people are looking for. But I try to I try to apply that more to startups. You know, the reason that building something like Tango from scratch is so exhilarating and intellectually stimulating is that there is no definitive future. You have to build that future. And so everything that we've done has really been an adventure. And I think, you know, taking a lot of the product development from the perspective of, Hey, we don't necessarily know exactly what we need to do here, but let's listen to people. Let's collect data points. Let's test things. Let's experiment that's everything that you're trying to do in a startup. And so that's a big motivator for me is that, you know, re recognizing that a lot of this ambiguity or a lot of the unknown in building a company is actually what delivers a lot of the energy that I get out of this. You know, if it was, if it was all laid out in front of you and all very clear what you needed to do, it wouldn't be as fun. So that quote, while, you know, <laughs> can go a lot of different directions, that's kind of how I apply it. Appreciate sharing that with us. It's a good quote and it's a new one to the podcast, which is always fun as well. Yeah. If things weren't challenging, we'd be much less interested and it's good to have the challenge. Absolutely. Thanks again for sharing that with us. How can people find out more about the work you're doing, more about Tango? The easiest way, tango.us. That's our website. If you want to get in contact with me directly, very easy. I'm Ken, K-E-N, at tango.us. Always love to hear from users, prospective user, you know, fellow founders, happy to, happy to lend my time in any way. Excellent. Ken, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Chad. It was a lot of fun. And listeners, as a reminder, if you want a written summary of everything we talked about and those key insights from Ken and a one-page takeaway, you'll find those at productmasterynow.com slash 410. Everyone, keep innovating. Also, the Founders launch of the Product Mastery Now community is open, but closing very soon on November 28th. You can't join after this date, not at least for six months. The community is for product managers, leaders, and innovators who enjoy the challenge of creating value for their customers and want to learn with others who share the same commitment. Apply to be a member at productmasterynow.com community. Everyone, keep innovating.